Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Yep, it's almost late Easter, everybody. It's almost real Easter. I hope everyone has their candles and their red eggs and is ready to eat a lamb chop. Yeah. Oh, okay. Soldier boy. Soldier boy. Ah, soldier. He would. Uh, apparently. He would. Soldier Boy was the first rapper to recognize the Donetsk People's Republic as an independent republic. We're, we're talking Ukraine, by the way, for anybody who... We've been defense Asia politics. Yeah, I think that's what they call them. Yeah, uh, Steve showed me this YouTube channel of this Japanese fellow who very meticulously cross-references news sources on top of a Google Earth map and then gives day-by-day updates of 40 minutes apiece about the Ukrainian war. And, um, yeah. He's pilled. He's... Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun thing. So I guess we're starting there, uh, but uh, update, Marlo. Wait, the war report. The war uh, report. Yeah, okay, war, Maripol, the scene. <laughs> <laughs> the battle on, the, the, on ba- the coast of the Black Sea or the Sea of Azov. All proud boys of the Azov Battalion <laughs> oh, are. Hold up in the Azovstal Steel Factory, day Which, 47 of the is, siege. And it might be the six stories underneath going to the Earth's crust. We don't know. It- yeah, okay, so basically, Maripol has fallen, according to Russia. According to Ukraine, no, it hasn't. Seemingly what is going on is there's a hundred Nazis inside of a building in Maripol that Ukraine is calling battles still on. hundred Nazis. Yeah, like there's a couple hundred. I don't know. And there's either a bomb shelter or, according to the Daily Mail, a complex series of tunnels and a giant underground facility underneath this Like a steel. James Bond lair. Yeah, like the Daily Mail. Do you remember when they thought Osama bin Laden had a complex yeah, like, okay, tunnel so, cave so system is, and it was just like a gated community? Yeah, well, so this is um, actually what I've been saying since the story break is there's a very like specific type of failed comic book artist who just loves drawing underground facilities who gets hired every time there's a fucking war now 
uh, to go for like Time Magazine or the Daily Mail and just make up some shit. Yeah, no, like, oh yeah, what if there was a mountain in Afghanistan and you'd put stuff in it? And it always seems like one of those 1960s like futurist kind of facilities, or like the Batcave during the Silver Age, or like the Fortress of Solitude, Fortress of Solitude, or um, how. Professor X's school is, or uh, any number of these things, but like like where it's or like the thing that you pretended your pillows were when you were a little kid to build up. It's you know similar to like what the CIA does, like supporting all the fiction about them being so. Well, in this case, this is um, these are apparently the good guys' secret base. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like it goes both ways. Like you have to afford this exciting novel. But anyway, the I, I think of it universe as, uh, update uh, more specifically is that according to at least one report that Greek Nazi who spoke before the Greek, I'm just going to call it a parliament, yeah. council of elders, the wise men of Athens, but um, <laughs> they, uh, he's dead now. So... That's the in-universe update, and also uh, Russia seems to be... Redeploying. Yeah, has redeployed and is uh, doing fairly well at taking very specific areas they want to take. Is there only 99 Nazis? 99. I can't. I don't. I I lost my uh, parody song. Yeah. 99 Nazis. Red balloons. Uh, no, no, 99 just, bottles of Nazis. No, now I'm just kind of thinking of like a Jojo Rabbit situation inside the uh, Steel Factory. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like a whimsical downfall. Um, yeah, like there's a little kid who joined yeah, the Azovs. A, yeah, there's a little kid there and he has a childlike innocence as uh, they're all going to get increasingly closer to the point where they all shoot each other in the head rather than get captured alive. Did you see the weird video with Putin? And- well, I did see also the Asian uh, defense politics guy in... I'll just paraphrase what he says in my own voice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, again, I, I was saying before uh, we started recording, he reminds me of the uh, Onion. Uh, used to have this segment called uh, Autistic Reporter, where the, the reporter would simply just matter-of-factly deliver bad news indelicately uh, when he's interviewing witnesses. And so he's talking about the steel factory and how Russia has given, gave an ultimatum saying surrender by this date or we're going to uh, go in and kill you all. And then that date passed and Russia issued a second ultimatum. And so the guy is just going, yeah, so um, apparently they're ordered not to surrender. And, you know, I, I don't mean to like be Mean, but all these people are just going to die for no reason. <laughs> well, that reminds me of when Russia went in with their special forces to the mosque. Yeah. Um, well, that was Turkish mosque, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I told Bonnie about it. Um, yeah, Erdogan um, phoned asked, up Putin in hotline. Yeah. Apparently, the Azov battalion in their general retreat and burn and rape the city mode. They uh, took a bunch of 
congregants a hostage in a uh, Turkish mosque. So that was surrounded by the uh, Russians. And then Erdogan specifically apparently contacted Putin about it. So special. Like, get my boys out of there. Yeah. So special get my boys forces. Out. Get my boys out. And I don't know if you guys know, a Turkish mosque, uh, it's all coffee and uh, bathtubs. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, Turkish. Tur- and I think the Turks invented saving people from mosques. That's one of the things that they're known for. They, That's- I, they're known for so many. Yeah. Anyway, things. one thing the Russians are known for is. I mean, frankly, they were at the mosque because they got confused because you know war takers. is like wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, Russian special forces, true to their brand, really don't have much patience for hostage situations. Apparently, unlike the regular brand, none of the hostages died, but yeah, all the hostage shakers are dead. So basically, Maripol's fallen. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And they're redeploying up north and might hurt a church. The mayor of Maripol gave this like awesome Baghdad Bob video, if anyone remembers Baghdad Bob from back in the day, where he is just like, the people are still fighting, the city is free, Maripol will always be free, and it's like his voice is echoing like he's in a bomb shelter, and also he has a fucking Zoom background, and you can't see the room he's in, it's just a clearly Zoom background Ukrainian flag. For some reason, he didn't hang a real Ukrainian flag. I'll know if he could get one. I have no idea. Doesn't bode well. Well, the church up north that the defense agent. Yeah, I, I mean that's yeah. Just watch the YouTube video. He's a fun guy. Yeah, Greek guy dead. Turks saved. Bunny, you said you had a bad Greek week. Oh yeah, this is some like fucking community drama, yeah. church drama. Oh yeah. no. Basically, I am not. Yeah, officially, I'm not in good standing with the Greek Orthodox Church because I don't essentially send one of them money. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah, or go to church or. You you typically would be going today, tonight. I do typically go for an ecstasy service and et cetera. But every parish in the. Greek Orthodox diaspora, they get to kind of set the tone with the community. And uh, basically, the priest at the church I grew up in is, I already have a long-standing vendetta against him. I mentioned him before, because famously, the first time I met him, he was doing the baptism of my cousin's child, and I was sitting next to Stav, And this priest chose to tell the story of martyrdom of the saint my cousin's daughter was named for. But, like, there's several saints with this same name, but it was almost like he chose the most graphic one. (laughs) And Stav and I were, like, cracking up the whole time. It was, like, absurd, right? (laughs) So this is the first time I ever meet this guy, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I got to say, the priest I grew up with as a kid was pretty chill. Very cool guy. Love him. Shout out to Father Manuel. I love you. So fast forward, I was in my best friend's wedding. So the year of leading up to my best friend's wedding, I go to Easter service that year, Anastasia service, and I stay the whole time. 
which is a big fucking deal. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, this will ingratiate me so he won't be a pain in the ass about me being Gumbada in the wedding, right? And I, like, fucking made sure I, because uh, I was living in Baltimore in the, at the time, um, I did give money to the church, so, like, blah, blah, blah. But the whole time we're doing the wedding prep, he keeps mentioning how I should be, like, essentially out there looking for, like, a Greek guy to, mm. you know, essentially um, justify my life. So there's a some ultra conservative Greek Orthodox priests who have this specific village Bible fan fiction wherein if you are a woman of a certain age and you are unmarried and you have no kids, you are just like a a, a living sin. And like to not be actively seeking those things out, like uh, in a desperate cash grab for Jesus bucks in your last fertile years is what are you doing but also there are also even more ridiculous beliefs like if you married for three four years no kids no longer married church don't recognize it anymore it's no that's not a real thing that's just like priests being like "Mm, i could see i could make this argument (laughs) so that's the irritating part because i know all of this pretty much hinged on his attitude or whatever. So fast forward to now, I was going to baptize my best friend's child. And this is something we had long planned on since we were kids, right? And he basically put the kibosh on it. And uh, it's fine. It's fine. Regardless, they are getting baptized at the church we were both baptized in. And that's the important part of the church magic. So... (laughs) But I am disappointed I won't get to lead the spitting on the devil. I will be there. But um, yeah, it's a super bummer. But also, I feel like I should point out, like, these churches are the centers of communities, right? So depending on the vibe or whatever, like, I know a comic who's Greek, who's great, and he plays both you know, comedy spaces and, like, Greek stuff, right? And he's done several events at a ton of churches around the country. I tried to put him in touch with my church, and it didn't come together, right? But he's also gay. So I suspect, and I am absolutely being, like, a... I'm telling the tales right now. Um, But I think, basically, either the priest himself or the people around knew the priest would be like uncomfortable with this and they wouldn't book him even though like his character is him doing his greek mom who has lived uh, in this country for the, a very long time and doesn't speak any english and uh, is a delight yeah so i just it's a bummer it's a uh, fundamentally gross to me to put like what you're like mm, technically like fucking you're not doing like the sacraments right or whatever instead of valuing, I don't know, community, family, love, being inclusive so people want to stay in the Greek community because you guys are fucking assholes sometimes. And I mean, I'm, I'd say this is a halfy, so this well, very yeah, much I mean, triggered you, my halfy you, anxiety. You, 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 say, you say approaching midnight on... That's right. It's, uh, but you know. This the holiest of Saturdays. It is Holy Saturday. It, the irony is, is I fucking love Greek Orthodox rituals. Like, I I love the Jesus song, uh, Christos Anesti. It's just, 
like Jesus Christ. Superstar. He tramples on death, giving life to those in the tombs. Like as a kid, I would just imagine like Jesus busting out of the cave and then like stomping on all these tombs. <laughs> and then they're all like, everyone's waking up. Necro- and that's Necro what I, Jesus. Absolutely. As a kid, this is like what the pictures I had in my head because Christos and Esti, that's what it describes. Like he tramples on death, bringing life to those in the tomb. So that's what I saw. I also love... Funny had a vision as a child mm-hmm. and it was of Necro Christ Jesus. spoke to me. Also, one time I look at the icon of the Theotokos, it cry. <laughs> um, that's my favorite is, uh, so Catholics like have all these other miracles or whatever, but I feel like Greek Orthodox miracles Marian are apparitions. very specifically just icons crying. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I mean, crying blood or crying tears. It can go either way. I mean, sometimes it, olive oil. I feel like with Catholics, that would be like the Marian apparition would be the, mm-hmm. you know, major subcategory of, yeah. well, actually they have a couple subcat. They have Marian apparition and then they have, apparitions that have to do with the uh, sacraments with the host like becoming Christ or some version of that. Which, the host becoming Christ. Um, I want listeners to imagine uh, when Sailor Moon transforms (laughs) from the locket. Mm -hmm. Imagine it's a wafer. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's Sailor Christ. How do I draw that? Sailor Christ? It's Jesus Christ in a Sailor Senshi uniform, which obviously already exists. Whoa. But Whoa. I bet I'm, definitely. I'm yeah, feeling, no, that I'm feeling holy. But now I'm, in my head, I'm thinking like, what colors do you do? Is it like. I'm feeling holy, but a little horny. Yeah. I mean, that's what ideally I feel like what Jesus should do to you. Just speaking of iconography, famously, there's an icon of Jesus where if you look at one side of his face, very loving, gentle, soft look, look at the other side of his face. Stern. Stern, judging you. Demanding you so, of sacrifice like he fair. did. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> should I hit the big time, I will bully Greek Orthodox mm. uh, priests of this nature. <laughs> so. Yeah, like father, like daughter. Oh, that Bunny, is true. My Bunny dad did jumping like, on yeah. a fucking motorcycle and riding it to Canada. That's right. It's I, a long story tradition in the Themelis family of bullying priests. Which I'm sure the other side of the Themelis family is like, fucking shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're on a mission from God. Yeah. <laughs> I do like imagining my dad putting on sunglasses and a leather jacket. Uh, his brother. Mm-hmm. With his longer hair, yeah. He's, you know. You know who I was always fascinated in that movie was Carrie Fisher's character. She would constantly try to kill Dan Aykroyd throughout the movie and they, they just ignored <laughs> it the whole time. I always thought that was badass. Sorry, I'm going to interject something we didn't vet before but you said blues brothers which then is making me think of steve martin was trending today i don't know if you came across this i did not what happened so, somebody, okay. so i think some like i don't know did he class- play something racist no on no no he's beautiful and gorgeous and we love a steve martin uh, something posted years ago Steve Martin premiered the King Tut novelty song on SNL, right? And then somebody retweeted it 
like, I'm sure this was funny to, like, my parents or whatever in the 70s, but, like, I can't get this with my millennial brain, right? Now... Oh, Jesus Christ. Of course, of course, that it was, like, whatever, but... A um, 40-year-old doesn't know how time works. uh, I was also, you don't know how to fucking bit works, bitch. It's not just the song. There's an entire, which I did retweet, uh, there's an entire monologue before that's, like, it's a shame when things become, like, commodified for tourism, (laughs) whatever. And at the time, there was a huge King Tut exhibit, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, a big fucking deal and whatever. I have read Steve Martin's book, so he does sort of talk about it. But he does this monologue where he's like very serious, da da da. And then it goes into this goofy as fuck song, like King Tut. And oh. one of the lines is, he died for tourism. <laughs> and I don't know why you would think this isn't. There's like, a job. Yeah. Like, 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 this is inscrutable. Like, yeah. Okay. And also, like, Steve Martin is a physically comedic guy and, like, sings goofy songs in a goofy voice and that's funny I, like it is kind of one of those things where it's just like i don't know it's just kind of silly not to it well yes to be this um steve martin's like he's got a very cogent philosophy about his comedy and he leads with his comedic persona rather than Material, Like, he has a thing about, like, not relying on material. Like, you have to lead with this persona. And I think that's also what's missing here is, like, I'm very much a nerd for... Method acting. I'm a nerd for pop culture and Hollywood and entertainment and comedy in this way that I'm very familiar with Steve Martin philosophy behind it. Okay, and I'm just someone who, you know, grew up, my mom was a huge Steve Martin 70s fan. I grew up on a lot of his movies. And I'm just saying, like... I just, it's like when it's people watch The, the Jerk and they're like, oh, my God, this right, is right. so offensive. Right, right, <laughs> like, exactly. He wasn't... Like, listen to the goofy voice the man is doing. That's also part of the joke. Like, So, yeah, so I got infuriated today, essentially. And also... A fellow millennial trying to get youth points this way. Pathetic, whoever you are. (laughs) Who probably got piled on, I'm sure, because that's how the internet works. Mm. I'm sure you had a bunch of fanboys and whatever. I mean, I will just say, much like our Greek Nazi friend from earlier, she's dead now. Uh, the person, the person who, who tweeted? tweeted? Oh, yes, God, yes. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's gone. I mean, like, what a, And now whatever. she's here as a ghost. Oh, God, we're doing <laughs> yeah, that thing. Um, the Nazi's not here, guys. I can't summon them from hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could no. if I wanted to. She, she was murdered by Russian special forces who were like, how dare, <laughs> how dare you insult? Do you understand his virtuosic ability at the banjo? I don't think you do. She doesn't. And also, the people who do, Russian special forces. Also, he's got like, it's like they, he thought he just was oh, done doing a goofy song. Which you can appreciate a silly song. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it's what not I would say. That's but in my context, point is, yeah, and you don't even like, need to know the exhibit context, I don't think. I think if you right, hear the like, serious thing. Right, yeah, and, then and that's the thing Steve yeah. Martin does is, I'm going to sing a serious song, and then it's or wacky. like Or like famously come out on stage with the arrow on his head and never talk about it right. at all. Yeah, yeah. 
That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) My mom really did raise me on Steve Martin. No, not you. I'm saying like there are, I get that there are people who are like, why would you do that? And I want to let you know you're a dullard. (laughs) You out there. You know, this entire time I've just had walk like an Egyptian. You know what? You know what these people can't do? And I know this isn't Steve Martin, but they can't believe they put a man on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm sure there are people who are like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm saying it's the same, like, because, yeah, it's the same sort of 70s absurd guys that had their style about them. Well, and then speaking, yeah, and then like Andy Kaufman talk about committing to bits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, no, that man committed to, he's been dead for how long? I just like, I wish, like, as a comedian, I could mine that territory in the same way. I'm not like some, a comic who completely can alienate myself from the audience entirely in that way but i love it i yeah, appreciate it no. so much see that's the and that's the power of defense asia politics as well it's completely <laughs> <laughs> detaching oneself from humans or human suffering no i mean he, he's got his weirdos <laughs> he's got here i come to save the day yeah. but yeah. that i guess i was going to talk about the method acting yep. um yeah. so in nicely to that there's um this story that I still have only just heard like passing and people whatever, but basically Jared Leto made this Marvel movie Morbius, which is Ugh. a lame, a lamer character that's like Summer a vampire Morbius. dude. Have you seen it? Has no, anyone seen no. it? Um, but everyone's going to see it. It's the summer so, of Morbius. Sort of the story is that he made crew wheel him to the bathroom like in between takes to like maintain some kind of authenticity like whatever and then it started getting bandied about like oh he's so method like blah 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 and this grinds my gears because one Jared Leto is a bad guy and he's doing this because his dick gets hard when he imposes on people this is my theory this is about being an asshole this is not about him finding authenticity for the character yeah he is like in real life allegedly running a sex cult that is a thing yes he yes that is also going on also i'm pretty sure he's like one of the guys who's texted with underage girls even though he allegedly but didn't meet up with them in this weird kind of thing. You know, he already had his alleged sex cult. Exactly. <laughs> that he so. was running and is running currently. I, I, had, a, I had an ex that was pursued by, by so Jared Leto. So she um, says. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's kind of a fucking predator, so there's congrats, a, I guess. I, I would like, say between <laughs> 60-ish percent chances telling the truth on but, that one. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal mentioned that he used to be a method actor like this. Believe and then he was like, women. blah, 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 which I'm like, okay. Method acting, like the method, is not I stay in character screen or off stage, even to the detriment of my real life and the relationships I have with real people. That's not a thing that any acting teacher told anyone to do. And the method is like Stanislavski. She's like, 
the idea in theater acting that you should try to be realistic. <laughs> so you should try to find a, an emotional memory from a time that's similar to what your character is experiencing and, and bring that to the scene, right? I was thinking of method acting when we were watching Batman Forever because Jim Carrey is notorious for being a method actor. Also did Andy Kaufman as a method actor. Well, and I, and I did... Uh, but like, I wanted to see him do the method acting of the Riddler off, like in between <laughs> scenes mm -hmm. of, of him just cartoonishly walking around in spandex. So I will say, like, as an actory nerd, theoretically, I could get a role where I have to maybe I'm playing a real a person who actually existed that I'm trying to embody uh, somebody who has an a dialect or an accent that I want to really get down. Like I would speak in the accent outside of the time I was performing to prepare for the role to try to ingrain it into like my mouth muscles. That is a nerdy thing I would do. That is not being the character all the time. Like, like Nosferatu, right? Like when people talk about Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, they always say, oh, he's method. But he often is playing a character like in a certain time period or a real person that he is like dorkily I have to completely immerse myself in this in order to like do it which is a choice but it's like somebody who's like this is the only way I can approach this role now I don't see how at all this same idea applies to a made-up vampire man <laughs> So, like, right. this is... Right, like, yeah, you could see with Bill the Butcher or, what, or you know, Plainview. Abraham Lincoln. Daniel or, Plainview, yeah, Abraham what? Lincoln. Like, you could see, like, yeah, okay, he's got an accent, he's got to walk, and I'm going to maintain the accent and walk because that's sort of muscle memory that's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm helping myself then be able to, you know, be free with it when I am on camera. I did some looking into method acting, not as much as you, Bunny. I would never take that away. Uh, the only thing that I... I was a theater, a theater nerd. No, I was a person who trained. So, like, this is, like, what you learn and acting class is like the history because before this kind of stuff it was all big archetypal right. tropey like commedia dell'arte and operatics yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah yeah like, and um my real only knowledge is looking into max shrek uh who did the Nosferatu. Count, Count Orlock and Nosferatu and how he, i think it's exaggerated but he like lived in a cave or lived very alone and never out of character. Well, there's a documentary about this. Uh, was he a was movie. a vampire. Um, it's called Shadow <laughs> of the Vampire. It's called uh, John Malkovich is in it, it's, weirdly. It's called Morbius. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that movie, and that's what got me onto uh, it. Yeah. I love Nosferatu. I'm, like, uh, deeply into the vampire look of the two front fangs as well. I love it. As somebody who has done fucking froofy acting and like, look, if I was tasked with playing a role that like I wanted people to take me really seriously, I would do some weird shit in the, you know, mundane context, whatever. But I would never be like, uh -huh, um, whatever, like Morbius, I'm Dr. Morbius, you have to roll me to pee. Like, <laughs> like I would not. He wants to be rude is what it is. And... It is rude. It's an imposition. Like, you don't have to impose on people to 
have that creative process. Like, and and also it's imposing so much compared to the payoff, which is a really shitty God, movie. What did he do to play the fucking we crashed guy? Holy moly! How did he stay in his weird Israeli he, he just, caricature? No, is yeah, like, like again, that's the thing with that one is because again, the point of we crashed is Israelis are annoying, and so yeah, he just was annoying, which is him normally, and he probably just blasted Katy Perry to people and was like, yeah. This is the shit, man. Um, I have the dream. Yeah, yeah, listen to that. Like a tiger. Yeah. That's uh, that's all he did. Yeah, and then the rest of the show is is completely carried by Anne Hathaway's brilliant performance of this objectively boring woman in real life. Anne Hathaway did a good job. She did a good job as Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin. Namaste. That was my impression of Anne Hathaway as Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin. I don't remember. Her name is something Paltrow Newman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Um... If you want to find all the cops that hang it out in the donut shop, they sing and dance, oh, hey, oh, spin the clubs, cruise down the block. All the Japanese went there, yeah, the party boys call the Kremlin, and the Chinese know, oh, hey, oh, they walk in line like Egyptians. So there is this, uh, there is this, uh, like, fucking culture war Twitter handle um, that's just, like, fucking stupid and, uh, but uh, witch huntily outright trying to get teachers fired for accusations that essentially center around these teachers either teaching sex education, generally being kind of gay-ish, in vibes or saying they would affirm like a child's chosen gender or something like that. Then, uh, someone on, someone on Twitter, I'll say for argument's sake, kind of docs the, the, I mean, they, they looked at metadata in like internet archive on different, I'm uh, checking the metadata things. Yeah. They, they did like some basic I, nerd I also shit did, uh, that like, typing isn't, fingers as I said that. that isn't illegal by any stretch. Like it's not hacking, but you know, they looked at things that like a person might not be aware they're giving off as information to very much uh, figure out who this person's name is. And then like that was known for about a week, week and a half. Okay. So this TikTok account was doxing other TikTok accounts. Well, this TikTok account was, yeah. I mean, it was more or less putting teachers on blast and like send, there's been a lot of blasting sending like their followers to like mass try and get teachers fired as their you know raison d'etre to the guillotine um, you have pink hair you're going you're gonna be fired yeah i mean that's what they that's were you, doing bunny. i know i'm a sin I, I don't like there's no other way around it that's literally what the fuck they were doing and so yeah someone on twitter like 
figured out the person's name through legal but possibly doxish moves. And then that was like well known. And I think it did show up in a different article. But then this like Washington Post reporter who I've never heard who sounds Bunny had the good line with her name sounds like someone who used to star on a CW show. Oh, yeah, it does. Taylor yeah. Lawrence. That's, yeah. I did say that. Yeah, no, it, was it does. I really line. thought it was. Yeah, no. When a CW I CW star who maybe made a cringy thing. Yeah, but. that's what I initially thought it was. But um, this Washington Post reporter who is the internet beat reporter or whatever, like reported on the story. In the story, used the person's name because it was in the public realm at this point. And um, then this reporter is being accused of doxing the person. And Glenn Greenwald leaned in to say that a reporter should be fired for not censoring her article because of free speech. Is, I don't know, I think the long and short of what's going on. Uh, As a former internet reporter who reported on the internet through the internet, I can see how that would happen it seems like an explicit uh, editorial decision by the Washington Post to let it go through. Like, in my old job, they would have really questioned the ethics of that uh, at, at great length. Yeah, I think someone else ran her name already. but And it was also, like, openly discussed on TikTok. And also, like, they did reach out for her for comment, and the person refused and then, like, said the Washington Post was stalking her because they reached out to her for comment. And she is in Shabbat. Uh, Chabad Lovovich. Chabad Lovovich. Yeah, she's a, she she's a Hasidic Jew. In um, Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, those people <laughs> are really <laughs> fucking annoying. Uh, the way they're very conservative and very critical of public school education and uh, run their own stupid fucking schools that violate state laws. Yeah. So, tracks. Oh, I just want to point out, Wikipedia doesn't know when she was born. (laughs) You know, interestingly, uh, Wikipedia does not have a birth date for the Amazon labor union guy. I mean, good on him. He's either 88 or 89, according to Wikipedia. (laughs) But the larger story that I think we can tease out of this is that, uh, well, midterms are coming up. Republicans are gearing up for a lethargical, zombified uh, election season because they they run their best campaigns when nobody shows up. What are they selling to the American people? Gays are indoctrinating your students. They're doing gay teachers. Yeah, gay teachers turning your kids trans. I mean, look, there is something ironic about someone who comes from an insular community implying that people out there, men in authority, are sexually abusing um, people. Yeah, no, it is, I mean... It's like if the Amish and yeah. the Mormons and the And the Hasidic Jews... Well, it's always like I'm saying that is just, it's always yeah. it's always secular society is imposing its value system on us, even though we're the worst people in the world. Uh, is generally how I view. Nobody or, gets to rape I mean, my ar- children. Look, but me. arguably, it's also where do you put this displaced anger uh, about such things? You project it onto other people, and then if you're in an insular community that is exclusionary, you tell 
your children that if they leave the community, these things will happen out there. And then anything that happens like that in here is like not the same. And, and the real what bad is, stuff's out there. And what is it like that they're angry about? It's like the world is changing in these cultural ways that we don't have any power over. So the only power that we have is to like go into people's personal lives. And, and also have a funeral with 50,000 people to, at the height of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and also have a funeral where we take 120,000 people and pack them into one brownstone in Williamsburg and uh, spread COVID everywhere. <laughs> they did both of those things. They also like burn masks in... Various and, parts and, and of Brooklyn. And it's funny because they like weren't wearing the masks in the first place. <laughs> yeah. so, like they bought the masks to burn them specifically. Yeah. Which I guess that's praxis because we did have a mask shortage for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was actually really funny when they just had that funeral. And then, like, Bill de Blasio is like... They started arresting them, right? Yeah, well, Bill de Blasio is, like, really tiptoeing around not wanting it to look like... Well, that's... Not wanting it to have He doesn't want to be rounding up Jews? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's when I found my favorite nickname for him. I just want to be seen doing That's when I, I found... Somebody called him Bill Donatio, and I was yeah. like, <laughs> "It's like, okay, come on, man." Like, Vil- Wilhelm Donatio. They made it more German. Jews. It was Satmars. They're the most unreasonable of all of them. <laughs> like infamously the of, show. The Lubavitchers are the most reasonable of the Hasidic Jews, but like that's still not that reasonable. Oh, but Marlo, you should. We need a bracket of. <laughs> I mean, I basically we need a table. I, I basically only uh, know the Lubavitchers and the We need a, peer, we need a Marlo's hierarchy of. I just know what Jews annoy me. <laughs> yeah, can you rate them from most to least? <laughs> okay, Marlo, what Jews annoy me? That's the yeah. name of the episode. I don't, no, it isn't. It absolutely is not no. the name of the episode. Um, but but you see this kind of messaging coming not just from Orthodox Jewish God, I remember, communities. I remember when someone tried to call Felix anti-Semitic on <laughs> on Twitter during that because he was just like posting about how silly the Hasidic Jews are because they're an incredibly silly group well, of people and they're also like. All kind of fascists. Yeah. Like I, I really need to stress that these are insane fucking humans who have an insular, like hyper religious, hyper conservative community, and diversity of that is beautiful and all. But yeah, they're like really fucking nuts and should not be in power ever. Well, and it's that thing of like people committed to more intense demonstrations of their religious belief. Performance. Uh, like, not, I'm not going to say performativity. Yeah, I'm even, saying people yeah, who are in communities that are insular and set them apart from the mainstream. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, generally me, like, exploring around Yiddish shit, I mean, like, oh, man, there's a whole nother internet out there for Hasidic Jews. 
a whole set of like whole set of news sites, whole set of like social networks. If you've been in Brooklyn, yeah. you know, there's signs that aren't for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that's the thing that's funny. If you are outside of Brooklyn or outside of the New York metropolitan Some area. Some of them are for Polish Nazis. Yeah. I mean, there is a Hasidic community in Baltimore, but they do not have that sort of um, visibility mm-hmm. other than when they are walking in front of your car on a Saturday. Well, I, I, I went down to Jersey and I was warned to look out for the jumping gym. Oh. Because apparently it used to be a stereotype that uh, they were slip and falls. Yeah, slip and fall. They yeah. they would jump in front and like break their leg. And yeah, then- no, I mean it is. It's sort of like the Roma people in Europe, where it is like. On the one hand, it's a stereotype to suggest that they were, as a community, running group-based scams to like make money for but their like collective welfare. But like once in a while, welfare. as a community, <laughs> they, uh, would. they would run a scam or two. But it's Again. a specific community of fucking Scammers. funny, uh, objectively funny people. Scammers <laughs> are always pretty funny. But, um, but then one other person hears about it, and here yeah. we go. Uh, again, this kind of triggered a whole thing about, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff in the news about Disney and what else. Yeah, so like, like Disney... Um, don't say gay. Yeah, I, I don't know if Disney like just made a public statement against the Florida don't say gay bill because Florida is facing like national backlash and well, like... What these things are, and by these things I mean like the don't gay say bill. God damn it. Don't gay. Don't say gay bill. Similarly, a lot of the things that have been put into place to restrict abortion that like have a stipulation where basically they want to force businesses to, like the policy is designed to create this kind of publicity thing. It's not designed to change anything or help anyone. Oh, yeah, like the CRT shit. It's a a lining of allies for a never-ending, ever-coming culture Uh, war, race riot, whatever it's going to be. To the defense of, on this one, unlike the CRT thing, I feel like the Don't Say Gay has a lot more specific deliverables unlike the CRT, which well, was incredibly vague. Well, I do want to... But so it's there the are- deliverables that are forcing Disney to have, because it involves what, is Disney supposed to be like, oh, you guys better change it or we're leaving Florida? Well, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not even talking about Disney. I'm talking about the Republican effort, like, versus CRT. Well, versus I, CRT. I see this as something that I, I guess uh, I, that has a very long history within I, the Republican ideology yeah, that I, goes back to when I was working at the newspaper for a conservative newspaper. The big thing that everybody kind of latched onto or that was an, a, a definitive editorial decision after the shooting in the Florida nightclub, the Orlando nightclub. Pulse. The Pulse nightclub. Yeah. Uh, that I had to write about the next day. And I remember sitting with you in Monday, I had to go into the conservative newspaper and I wrote five articles about that and didn't say gay, that it was a gay nightclub because it was understood. It was a specific editorial decision that we don't address that because, and this is 
their logic behind the don't say gay because it is family friendly and it is expected to be as inclusive of all this very specific narrow people that they're messaging to that don't want to hear about gay shit. I mean, for groups of people who are critical of China, it's like, wait a... I don't know if you saw their... The Doctor Strange movie is banned from several Asian markets. And it's censored for the Chinese market, but outright banned in well, Saudi they Arabia. Had the, they had the sign changed because... Wait. There was a, there was, was a gay thing in it, is, is what it was. Yeah, and the people that were above me were not Chinese, but it was bankrolled by the... Whatever. The point I'm is... I'm making... Because the Falun Gong are, yeah, you know... Anti-China. Well, China. Yeah, they're yeah, anti But they're not pro-liberalism, which is the thing that is what they see as this other that is destroying American culture or destroying their conservative nationhood vision of America as better than China, which is why they see uh, America as this force to liberate China from communism because it has this non-liberalism that should be harnessed and liberalism is trying to take that away from it. And one of the things that liberalism does is, you know, says we need to say that a, a gay nightclub is a gay nightclub uh, and expect everybody to be okay with there being a gay nightclub in the headlines. And they were like, no, you can't do that because we think gay is a liberal mind disease. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, I think everybody's aware of the historical arguments there that have been made in the media for our entire lifetime, whether it's what you do behind closed doors, da-da-da, but when you're parading it around and uh, yeah, panic no. around, oh, the children, and yeah, the, the parades and yep. blah, blah, blah. What I was trying to point out before, there is an apparatus within the like conservative movement in America that is particularly hung up on a pseudo-biblically informed journey. And these people are writing policy, or, like are influencing policy writing in a way because they, for example, I'll... I'll it, throughout the 2000s to restrict abortion before they went whole hog and were able to do it the way they're doing it in recent years. The way that many of these groups would restrict abortions is imposing things that could easily slip through the cracks of seeming like, oh, this is a standard that the hallways be this size or blah, blah, blah. But it was designed to make it near impossible to meet so that therefore that would stop the bad thing of abortion. So a lot of these bills have at least an aspect of it that is designed to to not do the thing the bill says, but to get in the way of the thing they think is the great evil and to have people take sides. And it used to be okay, you know, in the liberals, conservatives binary, it used to be like how Bill Clinton was about gay people, right? Yeah, like, don't ask, don't tell. Th that stuff used to be so... That's the, the way I was raised. You know, oh, well, that's just appropriate to be like, kind of like, well, it's none of my business and like whatever, but oh, I wouldn't be like one of these jackasses who are like, uh, God hates and whatever, right? But nobody wants to have the conversation that... Well, what, like, the gay marriage kind of thing was seen as this huge liberal revolution but there's blowback from that and this is almost 10 years now that 
they were like, oh, people just got on board with it after gay marriage was kind of normalized, but a lot of part of the country never, never yeah. really got on board with it. Well, I mean, also, I, I, I mean, I would also even throw in their shit with evolution in the 80s and 90s as kind of a continuation of this, where in the 80s and 90s, there was a concerted effort to get a constitutionally uh, passable version of creationism taught in public schools in certain areas. And this was a national movement that went on uh, basically until I think 2004 when Pennsylvania case uh, went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court basically just shut every fucking possible door on that and yeah since then i mean you know you've had the evolution of postmodernism crt and now this like oh they're confusing your kids about their gender shit in their schools or whatever um where Low they're just where they're just getting increasingly like more weird and abstract about what it is they're even talking about that's wrong with schools but they can like constantly just try and have these fights over the schools and unlike the evolution thing there isn't a clear constitutional basis to just simply shut it down which is pretty much what happened um that's why you don't hear conservatives talk about uh, intelligent designer creationism in the way they used to in the 90s and like early 2000s because uh yeah that, they were only talking about that because it was a part of a very well-funded national movement that just lost it lost but it, it were haunted by its mm-hmm. by its spirits and i feel like it's kind of dispersed into these different narratives or narrations about the way in which the country originated, how the world originated, and how the people inside the country are subjective individuals that need to deal with a changing world. And and that's how we get ball tanning. Yeah, and uh, anti-CRT bullshit and this gay shit. Well, yeah, I mean, any time... You have the kind of energy that a literalist belief about essentially a battle for good and evil in the end of the world. You know, like it's been what's driving the modern anti-abortion movement, you know, like that's what keeps it going is like activating this thing that if you believe that you are saving innocent babies from utter destruction, like it's very motivating. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's why I'm a Marxist. I just happen to be right. (laughs) You're saving innocent babies by being a Marxist? Absolutely, every goddamn day. Oh, yeah. I mean, you are going to meet one next week. Yeah. (laughs) And also, there's two on the couch right now. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. See ya. Play King Tut. Or don't. Walk like an Egyptian. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to talk seriously just for a moment. (laughs) One of the great art exhibits ever to tour the United States is the Treasures of Tutankhamun, or King Tut. But I think it's a national disgrace the way we have commercialized it with trinkets and toys, t-shirts and posters. And about three months ago, I was up in the woods and I wrote a song. I tried to use the ancient modalities and melodies. We'd like to do it for you right now. Maybe we can all learn something from this. Thank you. 
Now when he was a young man, he never thought he'd see people stand in line to see the boy king. How'd you get so funky? Did you do the monkey? Now if I'd known they'd line up just to see you I'd taken all my money and bought me a museum Buried with a donkey He's my favorite honky He gave his life for tourism. Stoner. Hey.